So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Isabel. And welcome back to another episode of Commas by Bravo. Hey, Is. Hi, Emmy. <laughs> so I feel like I want to start out by saying last week we released our Bravo episode on Wednesday instead of Friday. And we basically posed the question to all of you of how do you guys feel about a Wednesday release? And I have to tell you, the overwhelming response was a hard yes to Wednesday. I hear the few of you that said you like the Friday one better and I respect that, but I'm telling you, it was like a 98% influx of people saying you have to do Wednesday. Yeah. And remember guys, this isn't forever. The show's schedules always are changing. So we'll be, we'll go with the flow, whatever makes the most sense. I want to start out with Salt Lake City. I can't wait another second to talk about it. Is that okay with you? Yes, but before we do, I have some very interesting information I would like to share with the class. Yes. So last week, we had a deep conversation about trustworthy narrators. And I posted on our story a question box saying, who do you guys think is the most trustworthy narrator? And I combed through the results after 24 hours, (laughs) and I chose the top 10 most submitted people slash housewives slash any Bravo cast member. And I'd like to share the top 10 results. I know for damn sure Candy Burris is in that list because I saw her name pop up so much in that question box. I got to tell you guys, there was a bunch of random names sprinkled in there that I just had to believe in my heart. People didn't understand the question because, you know, Teresa as trustworthy narrator is just not going to fly. Let's hear it. Okay. These are the top 10 in no particular order. Heather Gay, Candy Burris, Danielle Oliveira, Kyle Richards, Cameron Eubanks, Robin Dixon, Paige DeSorbo, Gina Kirschenheider, Dolores Catania, and Garcelle Bouvet. Yes. What a spot on list. How satisfying is that list? That is so satisfying. And I have to say, I think I agree with almost every single one of those. I do too. And I don't even really feel like I'm missing anyone. Yeah. Wow. That felt really good to hear that list. And I very much agree with those findings. Me too. Okay. Salt, Salt Lake, Lake City. City. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's getting crazy. And I have to say as well, I am getting increasingly more frustrated with the Meredith's father's memorial storyline because Whitney is missing the point so severely. Everybody on Twitter had the overwhelming same thought that we are watching a show where there is so many other storylines going on behind the scenes of these women's lives. And we're honing in on something that, in my opinion, is simply a miscommunication. 
all it takes is to me. The answer is Meredith was away for a couple of days for the memorial. Whether or not the moment that Lisa called her from the bus, she was literally in the service is semantics. And Lisa sort of made it up in her head. Hey, I'm so sorry. I'm calling you to bother you. But this is happening with Jen. Meredith never said, I can't talk. I'm in the middle of something. She said, thanks for calling me. I'll talk to you later. She was probably with her family. And that right there solves the whole fucking issue. When Lisa said on the phone to Meredith, and I hate to even go back to this because like you said, it really is semantics. She said, Meredith, I'm sorry to bother you. Go be with your family. Meredith could very easily have been with her family and it wasn't the exact moment. Like it's just such an unnecessary detail that we are harping on. And yes, do I think that Meredith could have squashed this a little bit more easily? Yes, I of course do. At the same time though, I really understand her frustration. I really get it. If somebody was doing that to me with my mom's Shiva at a time that I was already so emotionally distraught, I think I would have had the same reaction that she did. So I can't even be that annoyed with her. Of course. And it's also why they're so curious. They're curious because they think she wouldn't want to be there when the stuff with Jen went down. She said it herself. You think if I knew that this was happening, I'd want to miss the show? Hell no. I don't blame her. Of course, she wouldn't want to miss it go down. Right. She would feel like that's her hard work coming to fruition if she really had something to do with it. But as we discussed, as we discussed last week, the Meredith calling the FBI plotline just is so outrageous. And in my opinion, I mean, Jen was hilarious this episode and really added a lot of comedic relief, but no one's focusing on her being on trial. Nobody's focusing on Mary's church. Nobody's focusing on anything else except whether or not Meredith was at her father's memorial the exact hour that they were on the sprinter van. It's just, it's so silly to me. And it just feels like we're really misdirected and I'm exhausted. I mean, seriously, when this episode was over and they said next week on the season finale, I felt really relieved. I'm so excited for the reunion because I feel like we'll get answers finally, but my head is still spinning. Yeah. And there's another moment that I really want to talk to you about because when Lisa's having her freak out and Jen comes in seemingly clueless. And by the way, I am very much on the page that a lot of Twitter is on where it's like that emoji of Kim coming out of the bushes. And it's like me silently admitting that I've actually kind of enjoyed Jen Shaw this season. Like <laughs> yeah. I can't lie. I've enjoyed the confessionals. I know that may be wrong, but I have. But when she goes up to Lisa in the middle of Lisa's meltdown, and then all of a sudden she tries to calm her down. If I was Lisa, I would have been so pissed about that because if we go back to the table, the conversation was about Mary and Jenny. It was only Jen that turned it back on Lisa. Like Jen was really the catalyst for Lisa having that entire freak out in the first place because she couldn't help but take an opportunity to have a dig at Lisa. So then when Jen's the one to kind of calm her down slash rile her up about Meredith, I thought that was such bullshit. I got to be honest. I have no idea what you're talking about. Like I can't <laughs> even keep up. I like you were speaking gibberish to me because I, I store, I shared this on our story and it's the meme of all the Spider-Mans looking at each other, like whose side everyone's on and everyone's just pointing at each other. And that's how I feel. I have literally no idea. I have to pause every five minutes and remind myself who's mad at who, why are they mad at who? And most of the time I can't even answer my own question. I will say Lisa's whole meltdown where she was just completely like seeing red. I don't even think she was in control of her own body and mind. And I know that feeling. It's not a good feeling. And especially for it to be documented on camera 
and when you probably just want to be left completely alone. It's sad. It's really sad. And it took her to a next level place that I don't think she wanted to go, but she just had had a fucking enough. Yeah. And I mean, was she frustrated in general? Absolutely. But really the root of that was the Meredith stuff, because that's the stuff she really cares about. I mean, when you get down to it, that is the only thing in that entire group that was going to cause her to have that type of a reaction. Right. It's all about the sadness of Meredith and her feeling like I have done so much. And for Meredith to turn to her and say, I don't appreciate that. I have been there for you when she feels like she has not, that really set her over the edge because it was a representation of her biggest issue with Meredith all along. But okay, going back to the Jen thing, even if you are confused about like exactly the moment that I'm talking about, don't you think in general, it's safe to say that Jen totally gets a sense of enjoyment out of Lisa and Meredith feuding. Like to me, Jen really gets off on that. Oh my God. Yes. Because she wants to be a better friend to both of them. She wants them to see the cracks in their relationship because for so long, it was like Lisa and Meredith together forever. Nothing can break our bond. And I think you're right. She gets enjoyment out of saying look how fragile your relationship was and look how not good it was. And you're right. I, yeah, she just fucking loves it. And I don't almost blame her because of how much is going on and how much she has been sort of in the middle. Now to take a step back and get to watch it blow up. She's, she's having the time of her life. She is, but it's, it's so insincere. Like I have to tell you, okay, we know last season, the shit that Heather and Lisa went through. I swear to God, I don't think Heather enjoyed this Lisa meltdown in the way that Jen did. You know, like, I mean, there was a part of me that felt like Jen was sitting back like, mwahaha vibes. Mm -hmm. Well, that was my biggest takeaway. And I honestly forgot it was the next morning when Lisa said, I can't believe I'm leaving this trip on such terrible terms with Meredith and Mary and feeling so much closer to Whitney and Heather. And I had to remind myself last time, last reunion, they were absolute enemies lisa versus weather <laughs> that's a freudian <laughs> slip lisa lisa versus whitney and heather so now to see them just so naturally get along because heather was being so compassionate and also kind of just level-headed and seeing both sides of the coin i felt like this just sort of makes sense Yes. And I, listen, I still stand by the fact that I think the disillusion of Meredith and Lisa's friendship is sad. Like housewives aside, I genuinely think it's sad, but for Lisa and Heather to all of a sudden be friendly, I love it. I fucking love it. I love it too. It was like one of the greatest moments. And I'm like, Lisa needs someone there for her. Who better than Heather? The only person, to be honest with you, this episode that really rubbed me the wrong way was Whitney, who I typically really like. Even, yes, was Mary wildly unkind, especially calling Heather inbred? Yes. Is that inexcusable? Absolutely. Was Jen absolutely thriving off of Lisa's sadness? Totally. But if I really get down to it, Whitney was the only one where I'm like, get your fucking head in the game. You are so close. I guess it's because Mary's behavior was very on trend with what she's been doing and how she's been behaving not only this trip, but sort of the whole season, just very uninterested in even being there. And also with not a lot of respect for her castmates. So it wasn't like it was shocking. And Whitney, I just felt like, why are you not understanding why this is so sensitive to Meredith? I understand that you want to have a Megan King Edmonds moment and find some breakthrough and be Nancy Drew and get all the pieces of the puzzle and be the one to crack the code. I get that. That is a necessary 
person in the group to have, but this was not it. Like there are other things going on. Meredith admitting to you that her dad's memorial was one day or another, or maybe didn't happen is irrelevant. Even if Meredith had said, okay, I didn't have, there was no memorial. I lied. I was just in veil with my family or I was with my whatever. I needed just a, a moment. What would that prove? Does that then mean that she's the one that called the FBI? I'm just not seeing the connection. No, that's what I'm saying. It's completely irrelevant. What I want to say to Whitney is like, I respect your boldness. We need this level of boldness. I love the fact that you have a few drinks and you're willing to run through that house and stir shit up. Every franchise needs one of you. But the second it's a little bit misdirected, you're losing your credibility. And I want you to have your credibility more than anyone. You know what I mean? Like we yeah. want you, we want you to be a reliable instigator. Right. I felt like I was, she's a reliable narrator slash instigator and I felt it slipping away. And I was like, no, Whitney, don't, don't go. <laughs> don't like, go. We loved having you here. Right. No, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It, it's wild. The show is wild. And I, you're so right. I said this, I was on um, Dylan Hafer's podcast earlier this week and I was saying to him, like, I do not think we as a collective whole, because this season has been so batshit crazy, are understanding what that must have been like, you are a Meredith Marks. You are prepping for the day before the reunion and you see that Lisa Barlow hot mic moment. We don't know what we're in for, you guys. That's what's crazy is Meredith living on this trip is insane enough where I think she left like, oh my God, what a doozy. That was awful. Her and Lisa got in a screaming bloody murder match in front of the entire group. So then to know that there's even another layer and not just a layer, like a big fat layer of more on top of it. I really can't imagine. By the way, this reunion is going to be confusing, but also just so multidimensional in a way, because I feel like everyone hates each other, but also loves each other. Like I'm so unclear. Literally the only thing that I know for certain is that Whitney and Heather love each other and get along and have not fought. That is the only thing if I had to say for certain that I can put down on paper as truth. Wait, also Jen with the lawyer, when they're talking about Stuart and you start to see the groundwork being laid for him potentially going in a different direction, like that is the shit to me that is riveting. It's riveting. And to just see her wheels turning of all the scenarios that could possibly go down, but she doesn't want to really show it on her face. I mean, this is just really crazy. I'm excited to hear at the reunion an update. I, I don't know what she's allowed to say, but an update on what's going on to me the hardest slash craziest part of being a housewife is letting cameras in on therapy sessions and lawyer meetings. Cause how are you supposed to do that? Like that is not something you want anyone in on, let alone the entire world, let alone when you're being charged with fraud and defrauding elderly people. And you're sticking to your story that you have no idea where any of these charges would even come from. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, I obviously understand that the conversation she's going to have with her lawyer is different than what she's saying to the women, but the complete portrayal of ignorance when speaking with the women and then contrasted that with her conversation with a lawyer where she leads on that she may you know, know something not so kosher is going on with Stuart. It's just interesting from the viewer perspective because obviously the women don't have that luxury because they're not in it in the same way that we are. I know. And like you said, I just loved watching Jen this episode. I can't help it. She's incredible TV. Also watching her at Mary's church, I thought was a dynamic that we needed to see because they talk so much about the church and how everyone praises her and believes that she's God or like a God-like figure. 
But then for Jen to go there with an invite and see sort of the operation with her own two eyes and also not even just understanding maybe things that are wrong in the church or things that have gone on, but also understanding why Mary reacts certain ways in certain situations when she's treated one way while she's at work every day of the week versus when she's on this trip to Zion. It makes sense. It's it's night and day. Totally. And I mean, if you're Jen and you're walking in there blind, I think on one hand, even us, we weren't in the room, but you can feel the energy. It feels like just such a happy environment. Like I can understand how being there, you feel surrounded by so much positivity and enthusiasm. Like I very much get that. At the same time, you really see what Mary is used to. And I totally agree that, by the way, it's not specific to her. I think anybody in that type of role in any religious capacity could start to feel that way because what you experience in church, I guess you naturally start to expect it gets mirrored in your own life. And like, she just, in my opinion, that's why when we go back to that episode, however many ago, when Whitney quote talks out of turn to her and you see Mary really lose it on her, like it, that to me makes so much sense after watching that scene. Yeah. It might be a stretch, but I feel like many times before I've seen husbands or wives of big, big singers and celebrities or athletes talking about when they come home from a tour or like a season of whatever sport they're playing. And there's that shift to like, okay, no, now you're just home and your husband or dad, or you just go to the grocery store and you're so used to having all these people around you, worshiping you and tending to you and making sure that everything is about you. It's a hard adjustment. So day to day, what Mary's used to in one way and almost probably wants to say to these women, do you know who I am? Like, this is not how you treat me, but she has no ground to stand on because they're not part of her church and they don't choose to be. And that's their decision. So the whole thing is just, I could watch it forever and just study it. It's fascinating. And I never thought we would get a scene with Jen sitting in one of those pews, but I'm, I'm obviously thrilled that we did. Me too. Okay, so if you've been listening to the podcast for a while now, there are two things you probably know about me. The first is that I am a diehard OG Skims fan. Like there have literally been times where we've had to pause a recording because a certain product dropped that I needed to buy. And second of all, you know, historically, I kind of just never wear a bra. So what we're talking about here is kind of merging those two things. Because listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm never going to be a daily bra wearer. It's just not in the cars for me. Never has been, never will be. However, there's recently been more events and I've kind of had a lot of weddings and just there's sometimes you got to wear a bra. And when I tell you, Skims is changing the game for me because that same comfort that I talk about with the underwear or the loungewear, they did that with the bras. And recently in the past month, I've worn the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra and the no-show balconette bra. I had to wear that one to a wedding under a dress. And like, it was the first time in my life where number one, I wasn't miserable. And second of all, I didn't come home and just like immediately want to take it off, which I'm telling you, is a foreign concept for me. They're just so comfortable. It's like, I really felt like I was wearing nothing. I'm, I'm such a fan of everything that they make. So I guess it makes total sense that I love the bras, but like, I'm telling you, you will have the same experience. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. Plus get free shipping on orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. Definitely do that. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. We all get bogged down with the mundane tasks of life, especially this time of year. But is it a time you take a break from your normal, boring routine? Don't just sit on the sidelines and watch life go by. Get in the game with the bold tropical lime flavor of Mountain Dew Baja Blast. 
you can be having a blast anywhere. Having a blast at work, having a blast in traffic, having a blast while you file your taxes. No, really, we mean it when we say anywhere. With Baja Blast now in stores everywhere, you can be having a blast whenever and wherever you are all year long. So what are you waiting for? Pick up an ice cold Baja Blast today at a store near you. And for a limited time, with every purchase of Baja Blast in stores and at participating Taco Bell locations, you can collect coins for a chance to get Baja gear or a Taco Bell deal. This swag is available for a limited time only, so don't wait. Grab a Baja Blast and start having a blast right away. No purchase necessary, open to U.S. residents 18 or older, subject to official rules at BajaBlast.com. Ends June 15, 2024, void where prohibited. This was a really good episode of Summer House. Like nothing crazy. It was definitely more calm, but I enjoyed every second. I think it was really, really good. I loved watching the follow-up with Craig and Paige because as we said last week, he definitely didn't handle it the best. I think that he could have operated with a little bit more calmness, but I did understand where he was coming from in terms of being pissed at Lindsay. And I think the reason I like this show so much is because they have that big blow up and the next morning they really are family and like they solve things, I think relatively maturely. Yeah. I don't think Lindsay will ever be Craig's number one fan and vice versa, but they're still able to just be amicable and be in the same house together. I think this was a really big moment and also so emotional for Paige because it was the moment that she realized not only do I really just like Craig, I really like Craig. Like I am jealous and I care so much. It's hurting my feelings that he's with someone else. And based on their conversation, it seemed like Craig was saying to her, you didn't want to be exclusive. You felt like you wanted to be free. You just got out of a relationship and I could tell she was like, shit, I'm kind of regretting that decision now. I know. And listen, of course I hate seeing Paige sad. At the same time though, it, I almost felt like this experience was so necessary because it fast-tracked her almost to coming to terms with her real emotions. Like I know if you are listening to this podcast and you were watching that episode, you can relate on some level to the feeling of having a pit in your stomach when you find out something about a person you liked, but you did not acknowledge or realize how much you liked. And it's not even like it's a terrible thing. They didn't necessarily do anything wrong, but you have that moment of like, oh shit, I am down bad. And Paige was having that <laughs> realization. She just happened to have it in front of you know, the world. I mean, her saying to Craig, are you still fucking her? And he says, if I'm in Nashville, do I have someone who I might hook up with? Yeah. He is talking about Kristen Cavallari. That is the most wild thing. And, and on top of it all, the fact that Paige's version of a Kristen Cavallari is Andrea, who has never worked harder or been cuter than the last two episodes. I get why her decision was so hard, but I also see how this is like, how did I end up here? No, of course. And the thing is, I, I do think that she likes Andrea and enjoys his company. Although, do I think that she was more willing to kind of give him the time of day because of the pain that she was in over the Craig thing? Of course, that's only natural. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. It's very atypical to be in a situation like she was with Craig where you find out something that, again, wasn't wrong, but it hurts you. And then you just so happen to have like a six foot three gorgeous man who's doting on you. So of course she's going to lean into that. She's only human. Um, I think it was 6'4", so just Ugh. don't deprive him of that inch because it's aye, aye. very important. 
I would never. I'm so sorry. Thank you. Thank you for that <laughs> <It's> correction. <okay. laughs> no, but I mean, it's true. You can see she was, she really is like, God, I love this guy. You know what? And I love him too. Okay. I love them together. I don't care. We got a few DMs with people being like, I think you guys are off. Paige is so much better than him. And I agree. I think Paige is a superstar, but I, I think he's a really sweet guy. I don't know. I enjoy them together. Yeah. Did I not love that his first instinct was to kind of scream at Lindsay and also tell Paige you're being weak? Didn't love it. And it brought out some of his toxic behaviors that he had when we saw him in a relationship with Naomi. And when we saw him screaming at Madison at the last reunion, maybe they had a few too many drinks. That's fine. But when you really boil it down, it was only because he cared so much about Paige but wasn't able to express it because he couldn't say like, that's my girl. I love her. She's my girlfriend. They still were in this sort of gray zone. Mm -hmm. So, and also couldn't vocalize, like we have something different. We have an understanding. We get each other. We communicate. It just was like kind of a clusterfuck and seeing how they are together, not just even alone in the show, but now that I've watched them on socials and listened to them on the podcast together and listened to her talk about their relationship separately, just like on Giggly Squad. It It's so good and so works. And I love it. And I can't wait to see people's opinions when they see them on Southern Charm as a way more established, concrete, comfortable couple. Completely. I also agree with what Paige's mom said, where I do think sometimes guys almost take a step back until they really know the direction. Like I I know there's this phenomenon of if he wanted to, he would. And on some level, of course, I agree with that. But I do also think a lot of times when men are dealing with women, they're less willing to show their colors initially because they want to make sure that they're not going to be humiliated. Like I think that men are really afraid of humiliation and they try to avoid that at all costs, which is why sometimes they're less willing to be vulnerable. Totally. I mean, Paige's mom, what a cutie. Her and Luke are in competition for Ketzel of the Week. <laughs> yeah. Luke, <laughs> wait, by the way, we really came around on Luke. Because he's not really around and also he's not in any drama. So when you just let him be and he builds a fire and builds an igloo and donates to the animal shelter for Amanda's birthday, what's not to like? I know. Wait, I want I want to go back to the Amanda Kyle thing for a second because Again, <sighs> I know. It by the way, wait, hold on, I have to say this. How much harder is it to discuss this knowing they got married? Like I it's, as the it's weeks really gonna, hard. No, as the weeks go on, it, it's getting increasingly more difficult because it's like I'm if they're happy, I want them to be happy. Like I don't want her to be reliving this season and feeling regret or like think second guessing her marriage. But at the same time, it's like he had so many opportunities to not fuck up and he just was incapable. I saw her interview, I think it was with Bryce Sander, where she said, I'm not watching the episodes, which I think is a really smart decision because it will definitely bring to the surface issues that probably are still there and we're not completely fixed because there's just no way. I don't know. It's hard to discuss it because I also feel like her narrative is, will she or won't she? Saying, you know, is there a sign from the universe that I shouldn't get married? Seeing him not get her birthday present and then them booking a quick trip on his cell phone while they're all upstairs during her birthday party. Like that is not a good feeling. 
No, and then to find out his passport is expired, which by the no. way, no, this no. is a sign. This is a sign. If you were listening to this episode and your passport also expired during COVID, take this as a moment. Just, I know it's so goddamn annoying because they make it so difficult. Get your shit so, together. I'm telling you guys, if you have been putting it off, t- let Kyle be the example. You could have a trip to the Bahamas <laughs> that then gets canceled. So not worth it. Don't be a Kyle. If you accidentally forget to book your fiance a trip for her 30th birthday, you want to be able to go anywhere. Right. Your passport should not be the stopping factor. Well, there's a lot of things that shouldn't be, but at the very least, let your passport be up to date. Yeah. It's just (laughs) sad. No, it it really is sad though that she, even in this episode, she's saying, you know, like for one time, I just want my birthday to be made somewhat special by Kyle. Like that is a shitty feeling. She doesn't deserve that. No one does. And it's not that I ever think she should have made his birthdays less special. I just think that he should have reciprocated in that same way. You know, like when you're in a relationship with someone, you want that energy to be matched. God, it's so, it's so hard because I feel like when they're good, they're good. They're great. There were so many moments where I was just catching them on camera throughout the whole episode, nothing about them. And they're just like having so much fun and talking and laughing and he's carrying her around. And we don't get to see that as much because I guess it's not as interesting. No. And I don't even think that Kyle's a bad guy. Like no part of me thinks that he's some terror. I just wish that he would understand what he has with Amanda and just show her more appreciation. I just feel her anxiety when every time she brings up anything about their future past like the next weekend, he completely freezes up. When she says, oh, by 30, I thought maybe I'd be pregnant or we'd be married already or anything about a house or any quote adulty things, even though he's how old, 40, he just melts away and wants to evaporate. And I think that what happens when a guy is like that is it makes you less willing to kind of dream. And like the most fun part about being in a relationship is the dreaming and being able to talk about the future in a really fun way that doesn't feel threatening. So when somebody freezes up, it makes you feel like you're not allowed to have an imagination or to be forward thinking because it's going to make them anxious. And that's such a shitty spot to be in. And I was watching that being like, yes, I will never let this happen again. Not to bring it back to Paige and Craig, but bringing it back to Paige and Craig When I listen to them on Pillows and Beer, which I clearly cannot recommend enough, (laughs) they would talk in very joking, silly, lighthearted ways, but things about their future, about will we do Elf on a Shelf when we have kids, or we're going to name our first pet this. Like such surfacey level things, but really projecting far into the future about their lives together. And she wasn't saying, you know, I'm throwing away my birth control tonight and we're getting married and having kids this weekend. But just the idea that they could talk about it and be open with each other and say, this is what I see for my life in the next three, five, 10 years. And you are a part of it. That felt so natural to me. I mean, obviously I picked up on it more because I was analyzing how they talk to each other and maybe if there's a future there or not. But with Amanda and Kyle, where we know they're engaged at this point and we know in real time they're married now for months it it shouldn't feel so uncomfortable for her to say one day in the future and him be like oh my god you know I, I can't even talk about that right that's exactly what I'm saying it's such a constricting feeling you know and she doesn't deserve to feel that way no also this Lindsay and Sierra moment was kind of short-lived it was short-lived but it was very um I guess just interesting. And also, I don't think I believe Lindsay. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some hookups here and there. 
look, it's believable to say Craig was just trying to divert the drama away from him and throw Austin under the bus, get Sierra more mad and undermine his whole argument about Austin, especially when it came to like Lindsay and their whole relationship, etc. But then when you think about the previews of what we see coming up and we see Austin and Lindsay, I'm pretty sure hooking up, it just it feels like it all kind of makes sense. And also, I can't get out of my head watching Carl and Lindsay and her listening to him say straight up, like, I'm looking for a relationship. And he's talking about why he doesn't feel like it's going to work with Sierra. And she's talking about this hot Greek guy that she met at the bar. And they're just going after it and talking to each other about all of this. And it's like, really, sometimes what you're looking for is right under your nose. I want to know more than anything what she was thinking in that moment when he said, you know, I don't think it's going to work with Sierra because she's clearly involved with Austin and I'm looking for something serious. Like, I need to know in that moment if any part of her ears were perked up. I know it didn't happen until later in the summer, but I just am very curious about her mindset. I'm curious about her mindset because I feel like in that moment, it's very possible she was more intrigued by the Austin aspect of saying, oh, Sierra's still into Austin. What does that mean for me? Because I have had kind of a thing with Austin or I plan on hooking up with him when he comes here. Like maybe not even at all looking at the Carl part of the picture. I know. Or or both, by the way, which is also a very feasible possibility. (laughs) The funniest moment of the whole episode that I actually laughed out loud was when she went up to that guy at the pool party and said, how old are you? And he said 38. And she like looked around like, how did Danielle guess that? Like she thought God had come down and like (laughs) put a magical spell. I actually laughed out loud. I love her and Danielle's friendship. It's one of my favorites. Love, me too. Yeah, they really have each other's back. It's very nice. Danielle's just like a great girl, a great friend. I love her and I love their relationship. Also, I want to order Maya's cookies. Those looked delicious. Wait, I obviously stalked the Instagram for like 25 minutes, the need. We should put the link, not that that she needs our help, but we should put the link in the description also. Okay. What else, anything else from this episode that you'd like to mention? No, I'm just loving it. I had the best time. I I feel like these episodes are 10 hours long, but also not long enough. Also, by the way, I don't know like if Paige and Andrea just hooked up a little bit or if they actually had sex or whatever happens. I just want to go on the record and say whatever she chooses to do with him, I support entirely. Like there's no part of me that's like, well, Craig just left. Yeah, Craig just left and you just found out he was fucking Kristen Cavallari. Anything <laughs> anything is fair game. I mean, do you think Paige, 10, 15 years ago, probably sitting in her room watching The Hills and wanting to be Lauren Conrad in the Teen Vogue office, thought one day my boyfriend will be fucking Kristen Cavallari and he will then choose me over her? Let me tell you something. Do you remember, I know this is a really long time ago, but do you remember the feeling that me, you, and Julie had when Kristen Cavallari came into our podcast studio (laughs) and we had that exact moment? Like that was just for an interview. I could not imagine if all of a sudden I was in a love triangle with her. Like this was was our reality television queen growing up. There was nobody cooler. Her and Steven on that car. I mean, you guys remember those were the glory days. I, the feeling I had when I saw her going live with, Austin and Justin Anderson and Craig on Instagram, just knowing that she even knew what Southern Charm and Bravo was made me feel some type of way. So I cannot even imagine how she feels. Also, I'm on the Need blog, which is Maya's cookies. Um, she makes a brown butter snickerdoodle. 
No, we have to get that immediately <laughs> sooner. I'm like a little distracted. Yeah, we got to get that. Okay. Are we going to Miami next? Please, please, please. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. So there are obviously so many different reasons that a person would want to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip, or maybe you just want to pick up a new skill or hobby. Or maybe you're like me, and at one point you were almost fluent in Spanish, and then you kind of lost it and are trying to get it back. Whatever the reason, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone, which is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really immerses you in the language that you want to learn, which again, for me was Spanish. And I was kind of relearning, I guess I could say, because I really do feel that when I was abroad there, I had it so much better. And my dad would always tell me, if you don't use it, you lose it. And I kind of lost it. So first of all, number one about Rosetta Stone, they have been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Second of all, it's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. It's no English translation. So you're really learning to speak, listen, and think in that language, which for me, that's when I always could feel it clicking when I noticed myself really thinking in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you're picking up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences, and it really is designed for long-term retention. Also, speech recognition. So they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, kind of like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's convenient. There are desktop and app options with audio companion and ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's a lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com comments. That's a 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com comments today. You know, I love Julia as much, if not more than the next guy, but goddamn, what a dramatic hangover. Okay, yes, but as the token hypochondriac of the group, I completely understand and I feel like another reason I love Nicole so much is because I feel a lot of comfort having a doctor around at all times. Yes. And when you drink yourself to a place where it's far beyond just a hangover and you actually are like, okay, is my body okay? That's when things get scary. But the whole hoopla around this was it was giving me anxiety and I think it was making it all so much worse. Oh, totally. I mean, personally for me, if I was in that state, having all of those women in the room with me would have been my worst nightmare. Like I would have wanted probably just Nicole, but it's like Adriana, for example, 
I genuinely think she's a very good friend. And of course she loves Julia, but let's not get it twisted. This was a little bit about her also. You know, she felt yeah. so powerless and she needed to feel like she was doing something, like she was going to be the one that was going to be the hero for Julia. And I understand when people are sick, sometimes even though your number one priority is them, there's a little bit of a selfish motive. I, like I, I understand how that happens because you want to feel like you're doing something, but it really got blown out of proportion. Totally. And then on top of it, Adriana not knowing at all really how to handle it well. Like everyone else sort of had a better idea of a plan, but she wanted to be the one to execute it. I mean, she's on the phone with one of those concierge IV doctors who comes when you need a vitamin C boost or you have like a little bit of a hangover. Whereas Nicole's like, okay, we got to get an ambulance here. We need specific this. We need to get her vitals. Adriana's like, oh, there's a little lady in Sag Harbor who could be here in an hour. That is not what we need right now. This is not just to get some collagen so we look beautiful for a photo shoot the next day. Like, this is like a serious situation. Also not to mention, like, say what you want about Larsa. Yes, she has an overwhelming lack of compassion for most people in most situations, but she is nothing if not honest. Like, this was zero bullshit. This was like, I cannot have her throwing up ass impact my event. And she did not give a shit, which like I can't personally relate to, but I do have to almost respect the bluntness. Larsa, Larsa, Larsa. I don't know where to begin with Larsa because she is so passionate about her jewelry line and I, props. It's beautiful. I'm so happy she has this business and it's clearly doing well, but the, um, the anxiety and the hype for this quote event which ended up just being like a very 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 intimate lunch on the roof of their house where she had like a small table of jewelry that Gertie was literally picking flowers out of the planters to decorate just didn't feel like it fit the bill and I, I don't know it just I'm I, literally I'm so here for them going to Montauk for a housewife's trip a thousand percent it just felt like okay Larsa like who are you trying to fool here you know we love it it was great I'm happy you're here but also like this wasn't the Met Gala no but I just love when she's like oh god if she ruins my event I'm like what event are you talking about <laughs> yeah and, I, I, and when, they're, <laughs> and when they're at the table when they're at the table and like Lisa and Adriana start fighting which we'll get into and she's like they're embarrassing me in front of the press I'm like what press not for nothing, because yes, it was Larsa taking this very seriously. Yes, and, and to a certain as extent, she should. You know what? As she as should. She should. Exactly. That's a, that's what I was about to say. Like it's almost more. If you're going to do something, you may as well do it, right? So I, I get it. But <laughs> Adriana and Lisa could not have understood the assignment less. <laughs> like you, for one second, can't you just not fight? I mean, it was it was maddening. I think Adriana just thinks Lisa needs it her way or the highway, and it was really getting on her nerves. I feel like that's a fight that maybe wouldn't have happened if they were out to lunch in Miami, but because they're traveling together and they're spending so much time on top of each other, and let's be honest, Lisa is a bit of a princess when it comes to the living arrangements and having her own room, having her hairstylist, having her own mirror, like the whole to-do, it just set Adriana over the edge on top of her being up since 4 a.m. helping Julia and just not feeling the whole vibe and probably not feeling like she got the recognition is the wrong word, but maybe was praised for handling the Julia situation, even though she didn't really handle it. 
Well, that that's what I was saying. There's like a lot of sensitivities that are going on behind the scenes for sure. But if I'm Larsa, I'm pissed, like fully 100% pissed. You just get yourself together for one hour. Right. Like just behave yourself at the dinner table, ladies. Right. Right. Exactly. I also understand why Lisa was annoyed because she sat down. She was being her Lisa way of wanting the umbrella in a certain place, which by the way, you know, a face like that, you got to keep it protected. Mm-hmm. And Adriana just came after her guns blazing. And it's like, what did I just sit down to her? Yeah, she was late. Yeah, she has requests. But Adriana really picked that fight out of thin air. I really like Adriana for sure. But she has moments where she can be slightly abrasive because I think she's looking for a reaction. And sometimes I can't tell if what she's saying is authentic or if she's really only doing it to get a rise out of people, which either way is fine in terms of houses. You need some that operate in both ways. I mean, that's like the Jen Shaw 101, but I understand how it's a little bit annoying. Something interesting that I've found because I watched the old season so close to the new seasons, and I feel like this is not a usual thing, is I feel like Adriana and Marisol's styles of handling things, and Alexia too, actually, and Lisa really, now that I think about it, but specifically Adriana and Marisol, their styles of handling confrontation and fights and disagreements is so different than it used to be and I feel like it's a lot of maturity but also probably reflection looking back on the show and also a sense of confidence that this is their this is their fucking show like they are the housewives they got called back they can say and do whatever they want there's a little bit less on the line I guess and just the contrast is so interesting like when I was watching Marisol sitting down with Nicole I was like, who is this lady? This is not the Marisol I left seven years ago. I know. Wait, we have to talk about this sit down. It is so hard because you guys know I live and die for Marisol. Like she is my girl. I think she's the coolest, funniest, chicest woman ever. However, I also really, really, really love Nicole. And I think she... Be, even though she's a newbie, is a very good contender for a trustworthy narrator. So, and her house is gorgeous, which to me is like a very important point. So to see them fighting and also feel like both of their points are really right, but there couldn't be more opposite is such a hard place to be in as a viewer. Did you feel like that? Did you feel like you agreed with both of them? Well, I feel a sense of loyalty to Marisol for whatever reason. And by the way, I didn't even just do the rewatch as recently as you did. So like, I can understand how you feel. I just do. I feel connected to her and Mama Elsa. It's all there. I mean, I I really enjoy her as a person. But yeah, I think Nicole is maybe the most level-headed out of anyone. And I think that Marisol was a little bit mean in the way that she handled it. And I understand why Nicole is like, you're repeating these things as if they're fact and it's not right. At the same time, you're going to tell me that when Marisol's in her confessional and her bedazzled cup and she says, I've lived in this town my whole life, I know when something's real, you don't believe her? Because I believe every word. Of course, I believe anything she says, but I also agree with Nicole and Nicole spelling it out and saying, I came after your friend, so you wanted to use that moment, whether you made up these things or not, but you felt like, okay, Nicole came for us, I'm going to pull out of my back pocket what I've been saving all this time, the things I've heard she said. And yes, is Marisol protecting her friends technically yeah but are the things nicole was gossiping about behind their back quote quote life-changing ruining things no is lisa's house a little tacky yeah do women gossip about people of course that's literally their bread and butter so 
the whole thing is just really silly and it makes me so upset because I feel like they could be friends but this OG versus newbie dynamic and also the way that I think Maricel feels Nicole's coming in the group so strong is just keeping them in the way from having any relationship. Totally. And I think that the reason Marisol reacted in the way that she did was because we were so early on in the season and she had the mindset of like, let me show her a lesson not to fuck around with us ever again. Like you come for me or Alexia, next time it's going to be a lot worse than this. If this was the last episode, I don't think she would have reacted like this, but I think she was hell bent on making sure Nicole knew that she couldn't get away with this. The issue is that Nicole is not the target she thinks she is because she's not willing to just lie down. Right. Like Marisol wanted to mark her territory and say, this is my town. Nothing gets by me. And Nicole is so smart and level-headed and also really strong-willed and not afraid of Marisol that, you're, yeah, it wasn't the target. It wasn't the demolition that Marisol was expecting. And Nicole really stood up for herself. And like we said last week or two weeks ago, the way she handled herself at that dinner was champion level because I think most housewives, old or new, would get up and walk away. They couldn't handle that. It was literally an attack on her and she kept her cool the entire time and was just an amazing performance. She's smart. She's sharp. She's calm. I'm a very big fan of Nicole's at this moment. And her house is gorgeous. And her house is fucking gorgeous. I mean, she deserves every ounce of that architectural digest spread. Yep. Okay, Lisa's party. This was so fun. This is when I'm like, okay, I'm having the best time. It was a lot of drama. It was a lot of dramatics in the first half of the episode. But when they're just like drunk and dancing and they have the DJ Ollie Benz come, who's like a Hamptons DJ who owns that store that they were in last week. Yes. I I loved it. And when they're talking about their hall passes. Wait, do you think that Larsa fucked Michael B. Jordan? (laughs) No. So who do you think? think? I think Larsa knows exactly what the fuck she's doing. It literally could be anyone. I don't know. I'd be surprised if the guy has an IMDb page. I think she just knows to get people talking. I think she knows that people think she's way more connected in that way than she actually is. I I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's Michael B. Jordan. Do you? Like, I'm not saying it is. It's just really not the craziest thing because I – Obviously, I agree with you on some level that Larsa really thrives off of people thinking that she's so in the scene. But at the same time, like she is in the scene. You have to remember, she was Kim and Courtney's best friend for so many years. She knows all of these people very well. Like, think about it. She was one of the main targets of Kanye's Twitter rant last year, a year and a half ago. You're in that circle at that point. So, <laughs> yes, the way she was explaining it was very much purposeful and kind of performative. But I think that it is very possible that Larsa has gotten herself involved with a lot of people she maybe has no business getting involved with. I just feel like if it was him, she would have spilled the beans years ago about it. But I don't know. I, she just, she is such an interesting creature. She's such a good housewife, though. Like, yeah, she is. You and I had such strong feelings, and I don't even think that they've necessarily changed, but I'm just so here for her in this capacity. Well, this she's a perfect example of a housewife that you wouldn't necessarily want to be friends with, but she could still be your favorite kind of housewife. Totally, totally. She falls in that column of our list, our many lists that we have. Also, Lisa trying to get everyone on board with Lenny. <laughs> like, just let the mouse go. Also, wait, <laughs> did you just catch... <laughs> Did you just casually quote Sutton? I mean, yeah. What do you, What else would I do? <laughs> Wait. 
also the preview for Adriana talking about Kanye's dick to no. Larsa. No. No. Talk As- about timely. I was about to say, I cannot believe this episode is being released in the height of the biggest Kim, Kanye, Julia Fox stuff ever. I, I, I have no words because I think this is when the Kardashian mentions start to come because we also see Adriana screaming at Larsa, you came with a Kim Kardashian ass, you'll never be Kim Kardashian. Adriana did her homework and she showed up ready to go and as soon as Larsa started rubbing her the wrong way and they started making these little digs at each other she said game fucking on because if anyone has dirt on them out that I can find with a quick little google search it's Larsa Pippen right but that's exactly my point about Adriana she really really gets off on getting a rise out of people like so much of what she says she doesn't even care about saying it's not that she feels personally involved she's just so hellbent on getting a reaction and you know what she does successfully most of the time you know, that is one thing about Adriana. I could take back part of what I said. She's always been like that. Because when push comes to shove and that moment is in front of her where she can either take the high road or say nothing, she just, her filter completely goes out the window. And again, would I want that quality in my close friend? Probably not. Do I love every second of it in my housewife? Absolutely. Yeah. I think Adriana falls more in a Venn diagram area for me, but it's just, we could get into that another time. Well, cause she's fun. She's fuck. She's nothing if not fun. Yes. Okay. Jersey. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes. You heard that right. You can talk to a human on the discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, so imagine these softest sheets you've ever felt, and now imagine them getting even softer with every wash. Told you guys about this company before, but I'm going to tell you again, and I'm honestly not going to stop telling you because they are the best sheets on the market. In a recent customer survey, 96% said that Bowen brand sheets get softer with every wash which I didn't take that survey, but if I did, I would have been in the 96% because I am telling you, it's like you've tried them at first and you can't believe that they could get softer and then they just continually do. A lot of things I like about this company, first of all, they're made with the rarest 100% organic on and are completely free from toxins. Second of all, they're buttery soft, but also breathable. So they kind of work in any season. They have over 11,000 reviews, 30 night worry-free guarantee. So you can wash style and sleep in their sheets for an entire month and If you don't love them, you can send them right back. Their signature sheets come in 13 versatile colors in all sizes. So from twin up to California King, I have them in the color stone. I have the color mineral. I have waffle blanket. Like I got a lot of things from this company and everything is just quality. I so badly need you to try them so that you can understand what I mean. I'm telling you, I've gotten these as gifts for so many people and everyone I know is hooked. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bowl & Branch. Get 15% off your first order when you use promo code CBC at BowlandBranch.com. That's Bowlin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code is CBC. Exclusions apply. Seaside for details. These first about 10 minutes of Jersey felt so much like the old OG episodes where we were seeing family dynamics without any buffer, like a peek behind the curtain like we'd never seen before. And I felt that again, we were right back in season one. 
Oh, yeah. And what a powerhouse she is. I really think that she stood up to Joe in such a more successful way than Teresa probably ever has because she was able to maintain her eloquence and just really be so sharp on her point. It, it was it was very like satisfying to watch. I feel like Gia has learned a lot watching Teresa because she's totally her role model and she respects and loves her mom more than anything. Don't get me wrong. But I also think she can kind of feel Teresa's shortcomings of not wanting to stand up, not just to men or to Joe Giudice or to her brother, but in general, yes, Teresa's a fighter, but not always in that way, standing up for herself. And I just think Gia really, really has a voice that she's not afraid to use. And she also is not at all intimidated by Joe. And I feel like that also comes from just this old school mentality of, you know, the men are in charge or they're the head of the house and she doesn't buy into any of that. So that's why I also think for Joe to see his niece, who's this 20 year old girl, who's so much younger and is a woman, he says without saying he did not know what fucking hit him. Right. And I personally found it to be really satisfying that he was so clearly rocked by her intelligence and by her unwillingness to kind of sit back. And like, don't get me wrong. I, of course, understand where Joe Gorgo is coming from. I am not in the slightest a fan of Joe Judice. And I think that every frustration he has towards him is completely valid. At the same time, though, it's Gia's father. You are never going to get her, one, to say a bad word about him, but second of all, to like, allow you to make that your main platform, even if on some level she understands where you're coming from. This is her dad. What doesn't he understand about that? I think because in his eyes, it's so crystal clear to him that Joe Judas is such a bad guy. And how could anyone ever respect him after what he did to my sister, to my parents, to my nieces? Like He cannot understand how anyone doesn't see that point. And while all those things can be true and also can be his truth, he has to put himself in Gia's shoes and understand that all four of the girls still have an incredible relationship with their dad. And I think Gia really understands what happened, but also, as she said, is really in the mentality of, it was five years ago, what's done is done, I can't harp on that for the rest of my life or I'll never be happy or satisfied. Like It's done. Both of them did their time. My dad doesn't live in the country anymore. My mom has moved on and has a new life. And things are sort of now settled down. We spent so much time, years and years, dealing with the anxiety of this. At what point can we just let it go and enjoy our lives? And I feel like he cannot get out of that mindset. And he also can't understand that not everyone feels the same way that he does. And I felt really deeply for both of them because I feel his anger and pain and his resentment towards Joe Giudice for what he's done. And I also feel Gia's pain and her sadness that her dad is still getting this after all these years and how much she loves him. Yeah. I mean, the thing that I want to say to Joe Gorga is like, isn't it enough for you that probably 95% of Bravo watchers are on your side about Joe Judice's character? Like, isn't it yeah. okay to not have his four daughters also be on your side? Like, yes, objectively, most of us can see what's going on here. I just think that spending his energy trying to you know, convince Gia or, or trying to win Gia over in this argument, it's just, it's unnecessary. Well, also, it's not right of him to go on record publicly anywhere trash-talking the father of his four nieces, who he loves so much. He loves those girls. Specifically, he's such a close connection with Gia, but with all of them, they, he really 
treats them like they're his own daughters or feels the way that he would feel about his daughters. So it's so hard to just say, Joe, you're allowed to resent him. You're allowed to have hard feelings. That is completely one thing. And I think Gia and the girls would be very understanding of that. But to then make it more of the public's business and to say nasty, terrible things about their dad on social media or to the press is like, that is a whole new level because they're, their shit is already aired out. There's pretty much nothing that's sacred anymore. They have made their whole lives out and available to the public. So to get your opinions out there when nobody is making you or it's not something that needs to be said and can be dealt with internally, it's just like, come on, don't add more fuel to the fire. Yeah, exactly. And he was really incapable of doing of not doing so. Yeah, I mean, just this whole scene, I I hated it, but I also was happy it happened because... It was sad that Gia wasn't speaking with her uncle when they are so close. And Gia really feels like she represents all the sisters. She's the oldest. She has the relationship with him. She is the one who is old enough to be treated as a, quote, adult, which I think is, you know, everyone's voice deserves to be heard. But in their family, that's sort of the way it works. And I'm glad he kind of had this reality check because he did have a moment where he's like, who are you to talk to me like that? You know, that is so disrespectful. Where were you raised? And then I think he had to take a step back and say, she's an adult. She's not a kid anymore. And especially with the shit she's been through, she's more mature beyond her years than anyone. Right. Of course. And also from, you know, from Joe Gorka's perspective, it's like he so understands the bond between a child and parent. Like he absolutely idolized his parents. They were his everything. So to me, having that relationship should make him understand Gia's a little more like loving your parent, even with all of their flaws. Right. Absolutely. I have to tell you that this scene when Jennifer is sitting in her kitchen talking about how she found out about the affair, I applaud that level of transparency. Like, I don't think Jennifer is necessarily the most graceful in the way she handles things, but you do not get this from most housewives. And even Dolores, who I adore, there's no way she would have sat down and outlined the situation if, God forbid, this has happened to her in the same way. I applaud it. And I also think it's such a contrast from what we've seen of her in the past where she only wants everything about her life to come across perfect and any flaws are not okay. She has a picture perfect family. And that was what gave her leverage to talk shit about other people's families. So for her to drop that and really not have that pride and just be honest, I think was the best thing that she could do because if she just kept trying to either cover it up or make it like it was no big deal or minimize it or minimize her own feelings about it, it, it it just would have been like a whole thing. I can't explain it, but this was like the most real and honest way that she could go about it. And I would never expect that from her. Like if you had told me that this is how she would handle it a year or two ago when she was at those reunions going off, I would say no freaking way. And also, by the way, not for nothing, I was curious. Like when she said the receipt, yeah. I was like, oh shit. Well, it's, I wanted to know because clearly they've worked past it. I mean, from what we see, which I know is nothing because we've seen things that we thought looked great and then people end up getting divorced. But from what we've seen, it seems like they have a great relationship. And it also seems like their communication about it is so open. So I wanted to know, how did you get here? How did you get to a place where you moved past it, you're open about it, And it really truly is in the past because you don't seem like the kind of person that would just move on if it was something bigger than what you were able to handle. No, I know. I I think that we will get some of that, but I'll tell you one thing. I think that the 
husband alliance will forever be broken because there's no way that Joe, Margaret's Joe and Bill are going to be able to get along in that same way. Because I think that Bill's anger probably towards Margaret is through the goddamn roof. Solely on the realization that this is how his children will find out because they wouldn't any other way. And that's what separates Margaret's situation from Jennifer's is that Margaret wrote a book about it. So anything that was out about her life, she opted in. She said, this is the stuff that I'm okay with my children or my husband, my ex-husband, my mother reading, and I will deal with that as hard as it may be versus Bill, you know, they probably figured it out. It was so long ago. And they said, our kids ever need to know, like, you know, ignorance is bliss. And if we're able to work it through and have such a happy, great relationship, then what's the point? But now that this will be on TV and in articles and their kids are old enough to Google, I'm sure they have phones and iPads. That must be really frustrating when it's one person's doing. I have to tell you, I genuinely really love Margaret. I think this was wrong on every level. And I get her frustration. I understand Jennifer's hypocrisy, specifically when it came to trying to dig up stuff about Evan that apparently, you know, her and Dolores knew because of Frank. It's wrong. 100% full stop. It is absolutely wrong. But this just feels really wrong too. Like this was so many years ago. We know factually it happened. It. I, I, I can't get on board with this. Even though I can understand her argument, I still think it's fucked up. Right, because then her argument is, you were talking shit about my mom having an affair and her behavior when I was growing up, which was more than 10 years ago. So, you know, how can you not compare them? But it just feels different. And I love Margaret, and I usually really agree. Like, I would qualify her as a trustworthy narrator. However, this felt so wrong. And then when she was saying when they were at Dolores' house and she was saying, kids are resilient, you know, you'll put them in therapy. It was like, it's just more than that. Like this is single-handedly the difference between them knowing about this and not knowing about it is your doing. There's no outside factors here. Maybe would they find out? Maybe, who knows, who could say? But you single-handedly have put it out there when it was probably just murmurs among the community and maybe the kids wouldn't find out. I know it's harsh and I know it's hard for Jennifer for it to be out there, but all I can think about is the kids. I know. I mean, that was a a pretty low comment for Margaret and I have to imagine that in retrospect, she would agree and hopefully take that back or say that she just said it in the heat of the moment. It was like objectively off. I can imagine at the reunion she'll say that because I for sure that comment will be brought up. By the way, everything you said, I so deeply agree with. And as we were saying previously, I think the biggest difference is that like Margaret aired her dirty laundry to the world voluntarily. Jennifer decided not to. Yes, she's on a reality show, but there are certain things she decided to keep private. That being said, if I'm looking at it from Margaret's perspective for a second, I understand how she's thinking, wow, this is real ballsy of Jennifer knowing what happened to her to actively and currently try to dig up shit on Evan. Like, I get it. It's wrong of Jennifer. If you know what that's like to be on the receiving end of it, why are you so hellbent on exposing someone else in that way? So like, I get why it's wrong. I just, and no matter what way I spin it, I still think it's wrong of Margaret and I love her. I know. Like why, if you know what's going on in your own home behind closed doors, Why are you trying to make that a topic of conversation? Why are you trying to inflict that pain on someone else? And I I think they were analyzing it in a way where if if other people are going through things, it takes the attention off of her. It also makes people look like, well, not everyone's marriage is perfect and they have cracks in their relationships too. Like a deflection? I, I don't know. 
Yeah. The other thing that I wanted to say is, I mean, hands down, Dolores is my favorite cast member on Jersey. Like, I just genuinely adore her. Oh, my God. I was a little surprised at the way she was handling this with Jennifer just because, I mean, Dolores had been cheated on also. Frank cheated on her. Obviously, they worked through it. But, like, I felt she was uncharacteristically lacking compassion. I think Dolores is just like a tough broad. Like she just doesn't want to take the bullshit. She wanted to say to Jennifer, like, get your, get it together. You did not come over here in a neon pink dress to hysterically cry in my entryway. Like if you're going to show up, put on a smile and don't let it get you down. I don't know. I think she didn't want Jennifer to come across as like a crumbling mess over this and give it more power. I also think she was in a really hard position because she felt really bad for Jennifer. I mean, we saw her at Jennifer's house talking it all out with Teresa, really consoling her and getting the full side of the story. But as soon as she went shopping with Margaret and heard what was going on on the flip side and what kind of shit she'd been doing, especially that she that Jennifer had called Frank or spoke to Frank and tried to get more information, which Jennifer admits to, that really rubbed her the wrong way. So I think her compassion just really dialed down. And that's, you know... So what you got to love about Dolores, that they were all just cuddling her and consoling her. It'd be like, there's no balance here. No, I get it. She is who she is. I don't want her to change that. It's just like, I understood from Jennifer's perspective, I had to imagine why that was jarring. Like, yes, yes, it happened 10 years ago and she solved it, but still walking into the fire with these women after you were just confronted about it, something that had been laid to rest for the last 10 years. I get it. I get why you're a little bit shaky. I don't think that there was anything wrong with that. I don't know. I, I know Dolores' heart is so in the right place. I just felt it was a little weird. It was in Dolores' house too, so that like adds a whole other layer to the equation. Just watching this whole episode go down was so such a different layout because here we are watching Jackie really put everything aside and say, I will be here for you, Jennifer. You know what? You're a mother. I'm a mother. We're both castmates on this show. I've been where you are, probably a little different because the Evan things weren't true and it just was a rumor, but still it affected her kids and her family. I get where you're coming from. So we're watching Jackie be such a good, nice friend. And Jennifer really like embrace her and say like, thank you so much. I need this and lean on her. And we're also learning about what Jennifer has been doing behind the scenes before this went on and what she was doing to Jackie and still had malicious intent. And you're like, Oh, come on, Jackie. Like you don't even know what's coming. Like you're really about to be stabbed right in the back even though you're being so nice to Jennifer and really doing a mitzvah. It was to see how like both of those things were going on simultaneously was such like a different viewing experience, I feel like, than what we're used to. Not to mention Teresa coming into the mix and just really abandoning all sense of <laughs> rationality. It's like, you, got, Teresa, I love you so much, but you got to be fucking kidding me. I, I saw a really funny tweet that it was a screenshot of the producer asking her, like, do you now see why what you did with Evan and Jackie was wrong? And somebody tweeted, like, you can see her brain cells trying yes. to process the question. Yes, because she still doesn't get it. And it's like, what just when you think Teresa is starting to get a little too savvy and level-headed, like the way she dealt with the Gia situation, she comes right back around and proves that she's good old Teresa that we know and love. Right. Again, nothing if not consistent. I'm going to put the link to that tweet in the description. Yeah. It's, oh my God, that, that extra, another thing on top of all of this, of the comparisons to what Teresa did at Jackie's party. And she kept saying, 
no, it was a rumor, like thinking that that was the distinguishing factor. It's like, oh my God, you will never get it. And it is so fun to watch you not get it. Right. I, I'm not sick of watching her not get it. It's like, it's, I, I do it for sport almost, you know? <laughs> I never want her to get it. As frustrating as it is, I never, ever want her to understand it because I already can hear her voice at the reunion saying, what I said was a rumor and I was trying to be a girl's girl. I also think that Tracy probably was meant to have more of an active role and now it appears that she's more of like a friend of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know she would like randomly pop up on a confessional and I would be like, oh my God. Hey. Yeah, where'd you come from? <laughs> hey, where'd you come from? What else? What else are we missing? I don't know. I really love them. This is just messy. I hate when it gets like so deep that it's like literally your family, children, like your livelihood. But I, I, I'm sad about Bill Aiden. I am too. I also, by the way, I, I don't think that I agree with Margaret when she said, Bill cheating is what would hurt the kids, not it being public. Like in theory, yeah, I mean, him doing it is wrong whether or not it ever got exposed. But also if Jennifer and him were able to keep it a secret from the children for their entire lives, and that statement is factually inaccurate because technically right. it's only the exposing of it that would have any difficulty for them. You know, this might be an unpopular opinion. I'm curious what you guys think too. But I think the way that Jennifer and Bill have handled it from the five minutes we've seen seems really admirable like they kept saying nobody's perfect they were in a rough back and forth time in their life and not that she's justifying it but I really do think they've done the work and moved past it and realized like we love each other more than this one indiscretion we have I think they have five kids together we have a life together and we're both not willing to throw it away over this one thing I don't know it feels like yeah, cheating is never, ever okay, but it also feels like they've handled it in sort of the healthiest way possible or that I've seen at least like on TV or in any of these scenarios. I mean, I just think it's impossible to say what you would do until you're in this situation. Like you yeah. and I can sit here until we're blue in the face and say, no, cheating would be the ultimate deal breaker until you are in a situation, let alone have multiple kids with the person. I don't think you know what you would do as much as I would like to think I'd handle it a certain way. I, I, I don't know until I'd be in it. I just felt like even watching their conversation in the car ride home from Teresa's house, how they just were so open and talking about it. It felt like there's communication there and it's not like an elephant in the room that even they tiptoe around. They, they were very much almost on the same page, which I was also not expecting. I don't know. It felt like, felt kind of healthy. Don't you think? I mean, I'm comparing and I know it's totally different, but just think for one second to Robin and Juan Dixon when they were having that conversation in the storage facility for the hats. And mm -hmm. she was like, I know it's a completely different subject matter, but she was just trying to talk about what went wrong when they were raising their sons and how if they had another kid that that wouldn't happen again. And he was so dismissive. You remember? He was like, I'm not yeah. having this conversation. He literally drove away. And again, I genuinely think it all comes back to the root of like men being terrified of humiliation. Whereas Bill, he was kind of leaning into it here because I guess he realized he didn't have another choice. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just felt like, you know what? If you're going to make that decision, take it all the way. Yeah, totally. Wow. Okay, well, anything else about anything? I don't think so. I mean, I just, I'm so happy to be here. We got new microphones and I feel like I have a whole new personality with it, don't you? Wait, by the way, it's like changing my life. Like, I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know why. I think it makes me feel like we're back in the studio. You guys know we have not been in the studio in what since 20 no since march of 2020 we have not been able to be in the studio it's still not open guys emma and i have not ever ever recorded a bravo episode in the same room 
ever. I mean, ever. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I literally just feel like I'm Howard Storm at this microphone. Like, I feel like we're on Sirius XM. So, yeah, it's kind of fun. No, this is a lot of fun. Also, <laughs> I just want to say to that one person that DM'd and was like, I totally support the new schedule. Like, I think I'm in the minority because I really loved on Friday being able to take my dog to the dog park. Like, <laughs> I, I see you. I just want you to know that I see you. It was just that, like, literally 99% of people were like, please release it on Wednesday. So, I feel like we, for right now, at least we have to go with that. Yeah. But you can save it till Friday. You don't have to listen to it immediately. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, we love you guys. Thank you for listening and for letting us recap these shows. It's like a total dream, especially a week like this. So we love you so much. Thank you. Thank you.